on, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and we have a lot to get into today as Penn State continues to climb in the polls. We've got a big game coming up this weekend against Michigan State, a team that has really frustrated them the last few years. And we've got some news and notes to get into. And we're going to talk a little bit about that infamous Sheets versus Wawa debate. So we have a lot to get into in today's episode. Before we get into the agenda for today, we're going to give you a quick reminder that you can give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Make sure you give us a like. And, of course, now is a great time to stay subscribed to this podcast in any of your favorite podcasting apps because there's a lot of stuff going on at Penn State right now. The season's going well, and it's going to be a fun time to talk about this team in the coming weeks. So you want to make sure you don't miss an episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever your favorite podcasting app is, you can find us there, and you can subscribe. And please consider rating and reviewing. It really does help with the placement of this show in the various podcasting apps, and we just appreciate the feedback. And we've been getting a lot of good feedback We've had some really good numbers and really good reception from the relaunch of the show as we move into our fourth week rebranding the show and bringing it back to life. And of course, like I said, now's a great time to be talking about Penn State football on a daily basis. New episodes every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single episode. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Coming up in today's episode, we're going to take a look at some news and notes in our first segment. A few things to jot down through the list with some recruiting updates and some awards from this past weekend. And we also got to touch on uh, Michigan wide receiver Ronnie Bell and the situation he's had since his drop against Penn State Saturday night. In our second segment, we'll start to take a look at the Michigan State Spartans, see what their season's been up to so far, what kind of team is Penn State going to be facing this weekend. And in our third and final segment, I'm going to chime in on that Sheets versus Wawa debate that has popped back up again because, you know, why not? It's a fun debate, and uh, I think I've got a little bit of a different perspective on it than a lot of people seem to. So with all that out of the way, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Let's get started. Before we get into the meat of today's program with our look at the Michigan State Spartans and, of course, that Wawa versus Sheets debate in our third segment, I do want to go through and update you guys on some of the quick news and notes that you may have missed or we just haven't had a chance to really discuss quickly on the podcast. This is a daily podcast, so we should be updating you on some of the news segments and the news headlines that are popping up. And we're going to try and do that on a little bit more regular basis. And maybe we'll start doing that more in these opening segments. Now, in the last 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you get a chance to listen to this episode, we have been able to confirm now that Penn State has moved up in the polls. They are now officially the number six team in both the AP Top 25 and in the coaches poll. And if you know me, you know I think these polls are ridiculous, especially the coaches poll. I really don't pay much attention to it, but I'll throw it out there. 
The only rankings that are going to matter are the college football playoff rankings when they start coming out in a couple weeks. And even then, the only ranking that matters there is the final one that that selection committee puts together. But we'll update you on the pulse situation because it is fun to talk about and fun to debate and kind of see where the national pulse is uh, regarding Penn State and the rest of the country. Now, if you look at both polls, the top five is slightly different in terms of their order, but it's all the same teams. Alabama is the number one team in both polls. LSU... Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State are all ahead of Penn State right now. And I think when you look at that group of teams that are sitting ahead of Penn State, you kind of get the sense, or at least I kind of get the sense, that it's going to take a little bit of help for Penn State to move up into that top five, uh, which is certainly not impossible uh, because we know that Alabama and LSU are going to be playing in a few weeks, and obviously one of them has to lose. But even then, it's not necessarily a guarantee that Penn State would move ahead of either one of them. Let's say LSU loses a, a real close game on the road against Alabama. I don't know how many voters are going to ding LSU uh, too harshly because LSU has been playing really well this year. So is Alabama. And losing in Tuscaloosa is nothing to be ashamed of, especially since LSU will very likely be the underdog there. I guess it depends on what the status of Tua Tonga Viola is. But you know, here's the thing. Penn State season right now at this point, it's really going to hinge, well, first of all, on not taking any game for granted. They obviously have to keep winning games. But let's say if they do keep winning the games they're supposed to be winning, it's all going to come down to what they do against Ohio State. And I think that that's pretty fair at this point in the season to say they're two clearly the best teams in the Big Ten East. I still say Ohio State is the team to beat. I haven't backed down from that from the start of the season or even before the start of the season. So uh, I think as Penn State's concerned, they are still certainly in a great position to get into one of those New Year's Six Bowl games. I think that's a great accomplishment in itself, regardless of what happens uh, against uh, Ohio State. But they do need to keep taking uh, each week on a week-to-week well, -week basis. They do need to go 1-0 each week. And no team knows that better than Penn State with Michigan State of all teams coming up. Going back to Saturday night, K.J. Hamler was named the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. 186 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns, and as far as I'm concerned, a major third down conversion. Actually, two major third down conversions in that uh, fourth quarter. So uh, he was well-deserving of Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. It's the first time he's been named Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. You remember uh, Dwayne Haskins kind of dominated that award last year for Ohio State. But, yeah, KJ Hamler certainly deserving of the honor. We'll see if he can get another one. This is, uh, I guess, the second time. A Penn State player has been Offensive Player of the Week in the Big Ten this year. I know Sean Clifford had it earlier in late September, and I don't think any other players had it th yet this season. Uh, so, yeah, so that's uh, great news for K.J. Hamler, who continues to impress and dazzle. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the last one he wins. I think he's got another one in him, and if he does, that'd be great news for Penn State. I don't typically follow recruiting that well or that closely, so you'll have to excuse me uh, when it comes to the recruiting coverage. We are going to try and work in some recruiting coverage and maybe bring in a guest that's following the recruiting scene a little bit closer than I uh, ever will, <laughs> and I'll be blatantly honest about that. The recruiting scene is something I tend to stray away from for the most part, really until signing day when uh, the recruits start officially becoming members of the college football teams. And that's just because there's so, so much going on. Uh, I don't follow the recruiting scene, so I don't really know much about the players that are being signed or committed. I don't follow the, 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 the recruiting process for a lot of these players. But I will update you on, let you know that Penn State did pick up a couple of commitments over the weekend, as you would sort of expect 
you know, first of all, having the whiteout crowd and uh, getting a win in the whiteout crowd against a team like Michigan, that's always going to be a nice little recruiting pitch. So Penn State picked up a couple of commitments uh, within the 24 hours after that win. Uh, offensive guard Nate Bruce from Harrisburg uh, committed to the class of 2021. And Liam Clifford out of Cincinnati. Yes, the younger brother of Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford. He committed as well. He's an athlete, plays wide receiver, special teams. Uh, looks like he can do a couple different positions. I'm very, very curious to see what the role would be for him. These are both commitments to the class of 2021. Brings the class up to three players. They already had a four-star tight end. Uh, Nick Elksis, uh had committed previously. So Penn State starting to make some inroads on the class of 2021. It's around that time of year when you start doing that. Uh, I don't know. You know, Some other programs probably already have a jump start on that class, but... Uh, obviously, the focus right now is still the class of 2020 and then starting to fill in that 2021 class. I know James Franklin likes to get classes settled as quickly as they possibly can. So there's the progress there. And you expected that uh, Liam Clifford was probably going to be following his brother, Sean, to Penn State. So I don't know if that was really a surprise, but he is now officially committed. And of course, when it comes to commitments for players that are a year or two years away from actually playing college football, you never know what could happen. You know, this is not to say that these guys are guaranteed to still be going to Penn State in a couple of years when they actually send in their 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 commitment letters. But uh, yeah, good good news from over the weekend from Penn State. You figure it was a big recruiting weekend, so we'll see if any more comes out of that by the time uh, this next episode comes out. And one last thing I'm going to touch on real briefly. Remember a couple weeks ago, we had that incident with the Penn State alum writing a letter to a Penn State player, you know, letting him know that he didn't like the way he looked and, and he has to represent Penn State better. Well, here's another proof that this sort of stuff happens with every fan base. Uh, Michigan wide receiver Ronnie Bell, the player who dropped the pass that would have potentially tied the game late in the fourth quarter Saturday night. Uh, he got a letter from a recent alum of the Michigan uh, and uh, you kind of calling him out and telling him not to play football anymore. And it was it, it was pretty racist <laughs> with some of the things that he said there and obviously very disrespectful. And Jim Harbaugh replied to it and called the guy out. I mean, the guy signed his name on the email, so he was pretty much uh, an idiot right there. But I do think that uh, Jim Harbaugh kind of handled it very well, called him out and you know, said, unfortunately, this is kind of the reality for a lot of these players. And I will say it is completely ridiculous to send any kind of a message like this to a college student athlete, football player, basketball player, volleyball player, whatever, whatever student athlete, you just don't send these kind of thoughts to a college player. They're obviously very distraught about it. If you saw the video of Ronnie Bell on the sidelines, you, you know that he was real hurt by dropping that ball. So uh, I think this is just a reminder that it's not just a, a Penn State problem. It's not just a Michigan problem. This stuff happens with every fan base of every college team, every pro team, but it's even more despicable with the college team. So leave the college players alone. They feel bad enough. Let's just move on. All right, coming up in our next segment, we'll take a look at the Michigan State Spartans. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. Penn State takes their undefeated record on the road this weekend to a place that has caused them a few nightmares against a team that has caused them a lot of pain in recent years. The Michigan State Spartans are certainly a team that has had their struggles this year, but they cannot be taken lightly, and I don't suspect that Penn State will. If there's any team on the schedule outside of Ohio State that issues a harsh reminder of how much every game matters, it's Michigan State. 
Michigan State has effectively put the final nail in the coffin for any chance of a spot in the Big Ten Championship and, of course, a college football playoff berth for Penn State each of the last two years. Ohio State may have dealt the fatal blow, the near-fatal blow, but Michigan State has finished the job as the last couple of seasons. So this is a game where Michigan State comes in. They are kind of struggling along the season. They're 4-3. and three. They're 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. Uh, they obviously need this game to even think about potentially playing for a Big Ten title, although they've already lost to Ohio State, so they're still going to need a lot of help down the road. But this is a game where Michigan State is really looking to find something that's going to work for them because they've come off of two really tough losses against the two best teams on their on their schedule. Remember, this Michigan State team opened up the year with a 28-7 win against Tulsa. It wasn't exactly the most inspiring of wins. A 51-17 win against Western Michigan. Nobody's really going to raise any eyebrows about that one. That was kind of a lopsided as expected. Now, the game that really stands out early on the season, their home loss to Arizona State. Remember, they went to Arizona State and lost last year. And this was supposed to be a little bit of a revenge game. And this was a really good defensive battle between two teams that really struggle offensively but thrive on defense. If you've seen the HBO College Football 24-7 episode on Arizona State, you know what kind of uh, tenacity that Herm Edwards brings to the Sun Devils. Well, we all know that Michigan State has been a team that's been built on defense for how many years now. And that certainly doesn't appear to be all that different this year, although it's been a defense that's given up some points as well. Uh, that Michigan State-Arizona State game was uh, not the most enjoyable one to watch, but we all know just how important it is to be able to capitalize on your opportunities, which Michigan State was not able to do. They kind of uh, imploded themselves, and there was some controversy with the game as well, but Michigan State uh, certainly showed that they're fully capable of playing some defense. They did it against Northwestern. Of course, everybody's meeting Northwestern with a 31-10 victory on the road. They gave up a lot of points to Indiana, somehow found a way to win 40-31, to and then they ran into their brick wall. A road trip to Ohio State started off a little bit encouraging, especially on defense, but as Ohio State has done so many times this year in the second quarter, they really put the game away very early on in the game. A 34-10 setback for Michigan State on the road. They followed that up with a road trip to Wisconsin and lost 38 to nothing. So what do we make of Michigan State? Now, this is not a team that seems like they're all that dangerous right now. But as I've been watching Michigan State the last couple of weeks, I'm just bracing myself because somehow they're going to find a way to score 20 stupid points out of nowhere. And that's really going to be a problem because, you know, this Penn State offense, as we've seen, has had their moments where they have, they have flashes of brilliance, but then they stall. So what's it going to take for Michigan State to pull the upset on Penn State? Well, obviously, you got to start with their quarterback, Brian Lewerke, who feels like he's been there for a while now. He has had his ups and downs. He has not had particularly great performances against Penn State, but he has found ways to get the ball in the place where his receivers are able to, to sustain some drives and put Michigan State in position to score out of nowhere. We all know a, a game-winning field goal two years ago, the, the pass last year uh, down the sideline, really kind of stunned Penn State, but... What can you expect from him this year? Well, he's having a pretty rough season. He, he really is. He's got two interceptions in the month of October. He had one interception against Wisconsin, one against Ohio State, just one touchdown uh, between those two teams. He's been sacked six times in the last two games, and that's something where I think that Penn State's probably going to be able to thrive because we all know that Penn State likes to sack the quarterback, and I think they're going to have some opportunities this weekend to really create some pressure for Brian, Brian Lewerke. So that's going to be trouble for uh, Michigan State, I would think. 
Spartans are averaging just 23.9 points per game. They're probably going to need more than that if they're going to pull off the win against Penn State. The only two teams in the Big Ten that have a lower scoring average are Northwestern and Rutgers. And just real quick to throw it out there, Rutgers is averaging 11.1 points per game. Northwestern's averaging 12.5 points per game. Then, of course, Michigan State has the 23.9 points per game. For comparison's sake, Penn State is second in the Big Ten with 40 points per game. Not saying that Penn State's going to score 40 points this week, but there's clearly an advantage here when it comes to offensive and scoring abilities. Penn State has that in their favor here. But to go along with the offensive woes for Michigan State, they're averaging 357.4 yards per game. That is the fourth lowest total, uh, fourth lowest average among Big Ten teams with only Illinois, Northwestern, and Rutgers trailing them. Again, by comparison, Penn State is fourth in the Big Ten with 439.3 yards per game. If you want to get a glimpse of some recent opponents for Penn State, Iowa has the seventh best total offensive average per game with 405.6 yards per game. And Michigan is coming in off their game against Penn State with the ninth uh, best total offensive average per game with uh, 391.6 yards per game. And then Purdue's actually rounding out the top 10 with 384 yards per game. So these are all teams that uh, Penn State has played and taken care of to a certain degree. And they are still well ahead. They're at least 30, 40 yards more per game than Michigan State is averaging. And remember, a lot of the things that people were saying about Michigan State going into this season was, well, the offense can't get much worse. Well, it hasn't gotten much better either. So that's a pretty problem for Michigan State. And this is a program that's also dealing with some distractions away from the field. They've got a number of players that have entered the transfer portal, kind of hurting the depth a little bit across the board. Uh, you know, the transfer portal is is real, folks. And Michigan State is certainly experiencing that as their season is not quite going according to plan. So the depth is going to hurt a little bit. Mark D'Antonio, of course, has some off-field legal issues that he's going to be able to shelve until after the season. But this is an offense that hasn't really shown any signs of improvement. And if that sounds familiar, well, that's probably because Penn State just played a team that hasn't really shown any offensive improvement this season. So this is a game that Penn State absolutely should be favored in, should win, and shouldn't have too much a problem with. Problem is, Michigan State's desperate. They've lost two straight games. They're going to be at home. They're ready to kind of bounce back and you know play a spoiler role. And that's something that they can play up to. And this is a game that I think Michigan State actually gets off to a pretty good start in. And it's going to be real important. Tell me if you've heard this before, but Penn State's going to have to weather the storm a little bit. This is not quite the same environment that they faced against Iowa. And certainly Michigan is a little bit more of a consistent threat, I think, defensively for, than, Penn, than Michigan State will be. But this is a team that needs to get off to a good start against Penn State and start to find a way to play away from ahead. And of course, I do need to mention the Michigan State defense. It's coming in. It's not one of the better Michigan State defenses we've seen over the years. They're only eighth in the Big Ten in total defense, giving up 314.3 yards per game. Teams that Penn State has already played, Michigan, they're the fifth best team in the Big Ten offensively or defensively. Iowa's got the third best defense, and Penn State was able to get enough yards against them. Not a whole ton of yards, but enough yards, enough points. So if they can do that against Iowa and Michigan, I see no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it against Michigan State. All right, we'll talk more about Michigan State as the week progresses for sure. Uh, certainly, we'll touch on it a little bit in our Big Ten preview episode tomorrow. But it's time to move on to our final segment of the day, and we're going to be talking about Wawa versus Sheets. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. 
Throughout the course of human history, there have been some debates that will still wage on for years to come with no resolution one way or the other. Mac versus PC, McDonald's or Burger King, Wendy's or Chick-fil-A, Coke or Pepsi, Nintendo or Sega. There are so many debates that really don't have a clear definitive winner, except for the Coke versus Pepsi one. It's clearly Coke. I will not entertain any other argument otherwise. It's clearly Coke. Moving on. The one that really wages with some heated discussion here in the state of Pennsylvania is Wawa or Sheets. Now, if you're from a certain corner of the state, you're very likely to say that Wawa is clearly the best answer. If you're from almost anywhere else in Pennsylvania, more so central Pennsylvania out towards the west, your answer is probably going to be Sheets. And I'm here to tell you, I think they're both great. <laughs> you know what? I, I really do. I have had this discussion. I've had these debates for many years. I didn't go to Penn State. I went to Shippensburg. So I have had the same discussions, believe me, with people from all around the state. And I was always a pro Wawa guy. Growing up on Wawa with a Wawa right down the street from me, having some of the best meatball sandwiches made by the super clerk at any time of day that I needed one. I obviously grew to love Wawa and I will fight to its death <laughs> until I die. Uh, but I do think that uh, the, the Sheets argument has some good points. So over the years, obviously, I was pro Wawa for so long, but as I grew older, I decided to evolve my decision making on this discussion, and I've decided that they're both good, and each one does something better than the other, and that's why you can have them both. Unfortunately, there's some areas where you can't have them both realistically, but you know, I think as both companies continue to grow a little bit, there's a little bit more crossover in certain sections of the state, so I'm very curious to see how that'll all play out in the future. But here's one thing that Wawa does definitively better than Sheets could ever imagine to, and that is the meatball sandwich. Whether it's the roll or just the meatball or the sauce that you're putting on your meatball sandwich, there's no question in my mind that you know, a Wawa meatball sandwich is far superior to a Sheets meatball sandwich. I, I think it's the meatball. I think there's something with the meatball, the way that it's made. I just think it's somewhere in, in that meatball texture, the meatball taste. I don't know what it is, but the Wawa meatball sandwich is far better than any meatball sandwich I've ever had from Sheets, and I've been trying them for a number of years. It's been a while since I've tried one, so I'd be willing to give it another shot if the opportunity arises, but you will not change my mind, I don't think. The Wawa meatball sandwich is a superior meatball sandwich. Breakfast sandwiches, though, point to Sheets. The schmuffins, the, the ability to customize your own breakfast sandwiches, for a long time was the big advantage that Sheets had over Wawa. Wawa has gotten a little bit better with their breakfast sandwich samplings, but they're usually pre-made. They're sitting at the counter in those little roast in those little ovens that kind of heat everything up for you as you're standing in line. They're not bad in a pinch, but the Sheets schmuffin with the ability to customize it, add some pepperoni onto an egg and sausage sandwich, that, my friends, is the ultimate breakfast sandwich option and that Wawa hasn't been able to catch up to. I think that they could. I think that they could manage to get there if they wanted to, but I just feel like Wawa is far more settled having those pre-made bagel and muffin sandwiches for you by the counter. Again, they're not bad in a pinch, but when you have another option like McDonald's or maybe a Dunkin' Donuts or something, I think the Wawa breakfast sandwich is a little lagging overall. The ability and the availability of all the different options you have with a custom ordered Sheets breakfast sandwich, that's a big point for Sheets, especially for those late night cravings or maybe the early morning road trips that you're going to have. 
Sheets is a, a very good option there. When it comes to a cheese stick, I think Sheets probably has the upper hand here. But it's not as widespread as you would think. I don't think that Wawa is the best place to get a cheesesteak in the first place. I also don't think that Sheets is the best place to get a cheesesteak. But if you're in a pinch and you have to decide between those two, I would go with the cheesesteak from Sheets. But I might go with the chicken cheesesteak from Wawa. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to do a taste test now because I'm, I'm getting myself hungry just talking about all these options. But here's the thing. I think that the, the, the cheesesteak... The, the cheesesteak itself that Sheets has available, I think is a, a more quality meat. <laughs> and I think the, the chicken cheesesteak is actually pretty decent from Wawa. Another reason to like Wawa, hot turkey sandwiches. I think hot turkey sandwiches are excellent at Wawa. I, I get cravings for them this time of year because it's, uh, you know, Thanksgiving time. They bring out the, the hot turkey sandwiches. It's, it's something that they really should offer all year round. Uh, I know some locations probably do, but I feel like they should make more of an emphasis on the hot turkey sandwich. You want a hot turkey sandwich, Wawa has got you covered. Now, it's been a while since I've been to Sheets, so I can't say that they don't have hot turkey sandwiches. And I'd be and I would be curious and I'd be open to trying one if one were available. But I do think that that is a really good option at Wawa. Here's the other thing that Wawa has that I don't think Sheets can really uh, match, and that's the ability to get a soft pretzel. <laughs> and there's just something about soft pretzels that uh, it can be pretty picky sometimes. I think the Wawa soft pretzel, for as cheap as it is, is really darn good. <laughs> and I think the fact that you can get two of them in a bag and you can get one in a bag, first of all, they're coming from the soft pretzel region capital of the world. I think soft pretzels in this corner of the state, the Philadelphia area, are going to be superior just about compared to any other section of the state that you can find a soft pretzel. And we're not talking about any ants. We're talking about the store-made soft pretzels. I think Wawa's got the upper hand there. And they're right by the counter, right next to those breakfast sandwiches, so you can get them on the go. I will say one other thing that Sheets does well, going back to their breakfast items, hash browns. Wawa doesn't have great hash browns. So if you want some hash browns, I think Sheets has got you covered there. So overall, <laughs> I'm still probably a little biased. I'm probably still going to go to Wawa if they're right next to each other on the turnpike or on the highway on a road trip. I need to get some gas. <laughs> you know, for a long time, that was the big advantage that Sheets had. But Wawa's getting the gas covered as well. So you know, if there's Sheets on the one side of the road, Wawa on the other, I'm going to be pulling into the Wawa every time. But I am not against going to Sheets. I really do think that if, it's, if the time's right and I need a breakfast sandwich, I'd be more inclined to cross the street and go over to Sheets if I need to. Let me know what you guys think. Wawa or Sheets, let me know. You can follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnNitney. Uh, let us know that you listen to this episode by just uh, tweeting at us, Wawa or Sheets, or maybe Team Wawa or Team Sheets. Let me know what, which side of that debate you are falling on, and I think we'll have some fun with that moving forward. I'm right down the middle, and uh, I'm not going to be made to feel guilty about doing so. I'm not going to choose sides. I think they're both great. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hope you had fun, some fun with that third segment. We do like to branch out every now and then 
talk about some uh, off-topic subjects, and I thought the Wawa Sheets debate was just too good to pass up this opportunity. So let me know what you think about today's episode. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Hop on over to Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what you want to see from us moving forward. And, of course, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to your favorite podcasting app of choice. It's either on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You name it, we're on there. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We do a new episode every Monday through Friday, and we do try to post the episodes around midnight Eastern, so they're actually available to you all day long. No matter when you need your podcasting fix, we'll try to be there for you. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, we are going to take a look around the Big Ten. We'll do our Big Ten preview episode because we do have some plans in the works for another crossover episode with our Michigan State friends over at Locked On Michigan State. We will be doing that probably on Thursday. So we're going to bump up our Big Ten preview episode to tomorrow. So be sure to look for that. We'll take a look at the Big Ten weekend schedule outside of uh, Penn State and Michigan State. And, of course, we'll always drop in some other top 25 games of intrigue as well that you should be at least keeping on your radar. Uh, and uh, if things go well for Penn State, we'll want to keep an eye on what else is happening around the country because those college football playoff rankings are coming, folks, and those are the rankings that are going to matter the most. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, we'll hear from you again tomorrow. Reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook and send in your mailbag questions and let us know. Team Wawa or Team Sheets? Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.